Hi, David. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Silhouettes JB Podcast or Silhouettes JB Podcast. That's a niche within a niche, ladies and gentlemen, with two different podcasts. So if you know what we're talking about, let us know. Pretty cool. Let us know. <laughs> it's it's really niche. It's it's where we 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 support all kinds of podcasts and 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 you know acts and groups too. Yes. You know. We got we had the Dua project in here. We had Donnie Kerr of Rockers on Broadway in here. Also, all of these guys, Jersey Boys. And we got someone really special in the Zoom studio tonight, today. This is a two show day, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but we got John Michael Coppola Coppola. 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 <laughs> I'm so sorry. We cannot butcher our guest name. <laughs> <laughs> So this is John Michael you. Coppola, very exciting, who is the founding exactly. member of the Four C Notes, an amazing Four Seasons tribute group in the Midwest. As you guys know, on this show, we handle the bowling pins and the C Notes, all right? Exactly. You know, it is what it is. We got the it C Notes, we got the D Notes, we got the B flat that Davi loves to sing. Yes, always the B flat. <laughs> that you could Please. hear from keep, Miles, that B flat. Keep and giving them to me. Yes, and of course, we are to so the What's JV podcast, the deepest dive into Jersey Boys you will ever take, both the show and the movie, and all of the groups and all of the outside projects that come with it from that. Did you know, by the way, oh, what a night. In Jersey Boys, like the arrangement, guess what key it's written in? In B flat. B flat. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Bob Gaudio. He gives he gives the people what he wants. That's what we want. It's very exciting. Yes, and and today we are here with John Coppola, who has a show that is going to be on the interwebs this weekend on February on on Friday, Saturday, and this Sunday that you can buy tickets for. It's very exciting. And John, come on the mic. Tell us all about your show. Hey guys, thanks for having us. Uh, having me. Appreciate it. Um, of course. So yeah. So uh, last summer we recorded a um, a virtual concert, and um, it is being live streamed. Uh, once again, for the second time, it was uh, live streamed back in November of last year, and we're doing this in conjunction with um, some Midwest performing arts um, organizations that haven't been able to open their doors because of the pandemic. Uh, so the tickets are m being sold through our website, and when you um, go to our website, you'll see there's a selection of four different uh, nonprofit uh, performing arts organizations, and all of uh, the proceeds from the ticket sales go to these four organizations. You can choose which either one you want. Um, there are four of them. There are three, uh, two in Chicago area, one uh, south Chicago, one here in the northern suburbs, and then two in Wisconsin. And um, you don't need to be close to any of them to purchase a ticket. It's sort of, you know, I guess you could do any, mini money mo if you wanted to. I mean, the, la the last time we did this, the last time in November, we had performing arts centers in Westchester and uh, upstate New York and one in Chicago, one in um, 
uh, uh, Utah, one in Florida. So they were all over the country so people could select the closest region to where they lived. These happen to be all concentrated in the Midwest right now. So even if you're on the East Coast or the West Coast, you know, just find one, choose one, please buy as many tickets as you can. There's three opportunities to view it live stream this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And um, all of the performing arts centers will be very appreciative of your support. Wonderful. Well, John, thank you so much for doing that. Yeah. Friday, March 5th, Saturday, March 6th, and Sunday, March 7th. 8 o'clock, yeah, 8 o'clock Eastern, both for Friday and Saturday, and Sunday at um, 3 p.m. Eastern. And that's $25 per ticket Correct. and donate to the charity of your choice of the charities mentioned. Yeah. And Well, there are four organizations that we can actually list. It's on the Four C Notes website. And the first one I see is the North Shore Center for the Forming Arts in Skokie, Illinois, which is where John Michael Coppola is right now with his awesome burgundy house. The color on your wall is actually what I grew up with in my house, too, which is really cool. Aww, I love, yeah, nice. it's really, it speaks to me. We, we have the same vibe. Very cool. <laughs> and, um, and there are two Jersey Boys references with North Shore, actually. De definitely, of course, unrelated, but they are fun to talk about. Um, so there's North Shore... Um, a performing arts center in Massachusetts where a few Jersey Boys members also performed. And North Shore is, fun fact, Mean Girls. It was North Shore High School. Um, and, of course, Mean Girls played at the August Wilson, which was, you know, the Jersey second Boys. two shows after Jersey Boys. Boy, that's that's a lot of connecting the dots. I give you guys credit. Yes. This is what we do. <laughs> this is we. We're in the niche. We have Beverly Arts Center in the south side of Chicago. Mm -hmm. We have Weber Center for the performing arts in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And High Center for the Arts in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin yeah. as well. So so please tell us a little bit more about your story. So you started um, in Jersey Boys, right? Yeah. So um, my journey started in uh, 2006 is when I started auditioning for the show. Um, I remember, actually, no, sorry, late to, mid-2005 because my, my son was not yet born. He was born in early 2006. Um, and it was around that time I first started going in for the show you know, and didn't didn't really advance more than the, the initial uh, audition. Um, and I think I had gone on my on my own as to like a course call. And then I got submitted by an agent I was working with at the time uh, later that year in 2006. And I got brought in and did, you know, got uh, advanced further along. And then I got a phone call um, saying that they were interested in having me come out to where the tour was in tech rehearsals in San Francisco for a final callback to be a swing in the New York production. Um, and that was that was early December, because I, I literally said, well, my dad's turning 80, and we have a holiday, uh, not 80, he was turning, I think, 70 at the time, and we're having a um, surprise birthday party for him. Uh, can, I, can I get back in time? And they said, yeah. So I literally flew to San Francisco, had my callback, flew back to the red eye the next day to be back for my dad's 70th birthday. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I went there, I, I saw the show, uh, it was my first time seeing that, that company, I'd seen the Broadway company, um, and, uh, you know, Bob Gaudio was there, it was my first time auditioning for him, and I, I ran through um, uh, Moody's Mood with Ron Melrose before they walked in the room, and, and nice. can't, take, can't take, I was also part of Frankie Camp, I was part of the first, the first uh, 
group of guys in Frankie Oh, you you were part of the first first wow. Frankie Yeah, camp. yeah. Nice. It included also Quarter Simmons, who wanted to be Joey on the tour, and then Frankie, oh, who, who, nice. whom I knew before we were in Frankie Camp, and Stephen Goldsmith and John Michael Diaz, who were both part of our company here in Chicago. Um, and, and other guy, other guys who I know of through theater that have never entered into the Jersey Boys family, but it was like a really great group of guys, and we all started there. So when the four of us all sort of got me, Quarter, um, John Michael Dias and uh, Stephen Goldsmith all got cast from the same callbacks. Three of us going to Chicago and, and Joey, the role of Joey was opening up on the tour and Quarter went out to do play Joey. Um, that was once we finally got it. But but that was my initial sort of, you know, cracking that surface of, you know, the getting the job is getting that final callback and flying to San Francisco. I knew that I was on the precipice of getting it. Um, but it would still be, you know, almost a... Um, almost a year later um, before I wound up getting it because I came back to New York, more auditions happened. I got called back in again from my agent. And then finally, um, the Frankie Camp call happened from my agent. They said, hey, they want you to do this thing called Frankie Camp. And it's going to be three days of you working with um, uh, Katie Agresta, who was John Lloyd Young's vocal teacher. She worked with all the, was working with all the Frankies and she was prepping them all on the material and how to, um, you know, help get that sound and, and work on maintaining the voice. Peter Gregus, who was the dance captain in the, in the Broadway company to teach us civic choreography. Well, he, he would helped sort of season our choreography and season our moves. Sergio had That's been so at the auditions cool. up until then. I will say Peter Gregus gave me a really great piece of advice that got me the job. I'm convinced of it. He, we were, we were doing the choreography and he said to me, you're dancing like John Michael Coppola. You need to dance like Tommy DeVito. And I wasn't even being brought in for Tommy DeVito, but I got it. He meant like I had to dance with that gravitas. And I pulled that in and sure enough, I guarantee you that that was what caught my eye because they were, they were sitting there marking and we ended and I locked eyes with, um, with, uh, um, Kelly, her last name is escaping me. She was mm. the sister choreographer. Kelly, Kelly Devine. Devine, thank you very much. We locked eyes and like, I winked at her, she winked at me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I got it. What they saw in me is a swing for the show because when I went in to my final callback, um, or one of the final callbacks, I went in reading Frankie and Joey. That night I go home, I got a call from my agent and they said, they're sending you some more material to learn. I said, oh, okay. And they sent me, I think it was Tommy and Michael, which are very, very different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Right. right. But yeah. I was like, and that's when I knew I was like, they're looking at me as a swing, which I was thrilled about because quite frankly, I am most comfortable in my acting skin. I, yeah, I sing. Yeah, I dance you know, to, to the level that they need in the show. But my acting chops are what I hang my hat on in life. And I tell you, I, I just, I walked out of the room and I went, I nailed it. Like you just know. Sometimes you just know. You just know. and that was sometimes it just clicks with yeah, people. Yeah, and that's up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and I tell you, and that's that's the moment I think I knew that I got it because I felt very confident in my work, um, and I just the, the the energy was was really positive that day. I had I went back in and had to sing again. Frankie was tucked in the back of the room, um, but you know they 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 couldn't have been any nicer and more gracious. And you know Frankie Camp set us up for success, and then. You know, once I sort of just kept getting that positive feedback and, um, you know, I just, uh, I knew it was, I knew it would happen eventually. The challenging part was that when I finally got the job, I had a newborn son. And so he was a year and three months when I got it. And we were going to San Francisco for six months. 
and my family and I were we actually were living in New Jersey at the time in Bloomfield. Oh. True story. Hey, yeah. Bloomfield, yes. not Fairfield, Fairfield. asshole. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it was a tough decision. Do do we all move to San Francisco for six months, or do you stay? I stay behind, and I go. And we made the decision in hindsight badly that I go to San Francisco on my own, and they stay back in New Jersey. Um, we would do it differently today, but um, that at the time, that's what seemed to work for us financially because you have to take all those things into consideration. The really eye on the prize of getting the, that tour was we had been advanced the uh, itinerary. And it said San Francisco for six months. Then it said Chicago, 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 TBD. But like it said Chicago sort of like open-ended. It looked like it was going to be open-ended. And my wife's brother was living here at the time. We thought, you know, we have family there. Like this really would be a great opportunity for us. My, my family's all on the East Coast. They're in 45 minutes from us in New Jersey. But, you know, this was a career move for me really great money, obviously. So it was sort of a no-brainer. Um, so it was, um, you know, it was, it was a long process. So are you from the Chicago area originally? No, I grew up in uh, New Rochelle, New York. Oh, okay. uh, which if, if, New if you're, Rochelle. Exactly. Yes. If you're a theater nerd, you know, it's, yep. it's uh, the name of the song. How does uh, it it's, also where, yes. it's also where Robin Laura Petrie lived in the Dick Van Dyke show. Yes. You're right. Yes. You're um, absolutely right. And, the, yes. and if you really want to go out there, it's also where Billy Crystal lived in um, uh, uh, the City Slickers. In, no, it's, 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 he lives in the Rochelle. Yeah. Uh, so but that that's not really mentioned that much. Like you have to really be paying attention to pay attention. But when that, you when you hear the, when, <laughs> when you hear when you hear your hometown in a movie, you go, oh yeah, cool. And it's also exactly. where exactly. Ragtime takes place, New Rochelle. When I got married, my wife and I moved to New York City. We lived in Washington Heights uh, for about two hey. years. And then, uh, uh, no, probably more like five years, but we were both where, out where, before. Where in the time. Heights? We were at, uh, first we rented at 186th Street, and then we purchased a co-op around the corner at 180, uh, sorry, we rented at 187th Street, and then we bought a co-op at 186th and Bennett. Uh, I, I, I went to Yeshiva University for a year. Okay. So yeah, I was on was 185th in Amsterdam. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Uh, yeah. So we, uh, we loved it up there. We lived there for about five years, but we were, you know, out doing different tours and stuff. And then we wound up selling that and moving to Bloomfield when we actually, we got pregnant as we were transitioning over there. It wasn't, it wasn't, we didn't buy because we were having a baby. We bought and then, then we found out we were having a baby. So it kind of worked in our favor. Um, and then we lived there. We literally lived there for like two years because you know, our son was born, we lived there for a year, and then I went to San Francisco for six months, and then we moved to Chicago November of 2007. And then we rented for a year, and then we sold it and, you know, bought our house here and, and, you, and put down roots and here. And you just stayed in Illinois. Yeah, we love it. And my wife has established a yoga instruction practice when uh, shortly after we moved here, and so her yoga business has been thriving. And then, of course, now with the Four Sinos being here, it's like, I don't know that I'd... I, I mean, sure, could they, could I move the home base of the four new C-notes anywhere? Sure, but 90% of our gigs are here, particularly in the summertime, so I don't see that happening anytime soon. I haven't really done theater much, uh, actually I haven't done it at all since 2011. Um, I really just, I actually have a great day job that I enjoy, uh, and I have the, the four C-notes, which keeps me, it's my second, my second occupation is the four C-notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, so. what, what do you do for your day job? Uh, so I work for an IT consulting firm. I, I don't con I don't I don't consult in the IT space at all. I'm more on the business operations side of things. Uh, but uh, but I enjoy it. I'll be celebrating my my um, my 
six year anniversary with them next week. And that's um, beautiful, man. Yeah, and it's, Listen, and it's, it's thanks. And, you know, it's all things being equal, so steady salary, benefits, all that stuff. It's um, you know, I, I I had to take a step back from theater for a while, particularly for the good of my family, but also, you know. Um, it doesn't get any better than doing a show like Jersey Boys for two and a half years. I mean, it's the, that's the pinnacle of of, the, of of Broadway, of any equity contract, it's the best one. So it's like, not that these contracts in Chicago aren't great, they are, but I, I just felt like it was my time to take a break for a while. And my retirement plan is when my son is out of college to maybe go uh -huh. back into doing theater. <laughs> we're, we're a few ways, three years away from that still, but uh, that's the plan. So, so you established the Four C Notes in 2013, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, what drove you to do it? I got a request from a bride here in Chicago who contacted me. She was referred to me by another musician. She had reached out to that musician to say, uh, I'm looking for a Frankie Valley tribute for my wedding reception. And he said, this is the guy you want to call. And he gave her my number. Uh, at that time, I was the only guy from the Chicago company of Jersey Boys who was still living in Chicago. Uh, there are a few others who now live here uh, once again, but at that time, they had all moved back to L.A. or, or New York, or they had their own groups that they established they were touring with. So I was the only guy left from the show. And this was 2013, so the show had just closed three years earlier and was still you know, popular in everyone's minds and like everybody loves that music. So, you know. uh, so she called me and she said, this is what I'm looking to do. Is that something you could put together? And I said, yeah, I could put something like that together. And I hired three of my friends who I had done the, some Chicago theater with. And I am not exaggerating when I say I hung up the phone with her. I got a phone call from an event planner that I had worked with um, on like a wedding band that I had done a one-off for. And he said, hey, uh, I have a, a wedding they're looking to do a Frankie Valley tribute at. I said, oh, I think I, I, think I spoke to your client. I said, was it so-and-so? And he said, no. Oh, so this was a second, a second completely separate request. They wanted the same thing, 30 minutes. And that was within that same week. I get a phone call two days later <laughs> from another person who had gotten my name from a, a hotel special events person who I had met, who I gave my car to, and she was looking for a special for, for entertainment for her husband's 60th birthday. And it was just, we, these all came within a week, and then the capper on it was I get a Facebook tag saying so-and-so tags you on Facebook. And I opened the, the message and it said, uh, can anybody recommend a Frankie Valley tribute in the Chicago area for my boyfriend's aunt's anniversary? <laughs> and they tagged and they tagged me to say, "Oh, this didn't even right. exist. This uh -huh. did not even exist. We had no tracks. We had no choreographer. We had no show. I had no name. And it was and just you. It was just me. But I mean, I hired three other people. But like, it, oh, okay, the, okay. the universe literally said, "This. This yes. is what this. you need to be doing." Because right. it all happened, I'm not exactly within a week's time. All of these things came in. So I kept texting the guy saying, can you do this date? We got another, and they were like, what? <laughs> they, I told them I'm hiring you as a one-off. And it wound up being, that was August of 2013. Between August and December, we had 12 gigs. If that had been over the course of a year, that would have been once a month. But that was between August and December, including New Year's. We booked a New Year's Eve gig. From that anniversary tag in, on Facebook, that was at a a a, um, a uh, country club in Peoria, Illinois. So we did that. We did that gig, and we did our first. We did our set at Peoria Country Club. The country club manager pulled me after the gig and said, "Do you guys have plans for New Year's?" 
And I said, no. He goes, I want to book you guys for New Year's, like today. I said, okay. So I gave my information. We exchanged it. Went home. We went up doing four mini sets in between courses of dinner that night. This is how he wanted to structure it. It was really, really cool. But I mean, who? what were the odds? Well, literally from this one phone call and the universe just sort of snowballed it. I was like, well, I guess we got to get a website. I guess we got to get, I think it was 2018. I wound up having auditions because I had to get more guys because we had double bookings that I had to pass up the previous year because we were booked one date and didn't have enough guys for second roster of guys to go out. So now I've got 10 guys on the roster, all locals here. Actually, one guy who was my original base lives in New York, lives in Boston now. He was in New York, moved up to Boston for the, for the pandemic. He's still a C-note on the East Coast, so he'll do all my East Coast stuff. But, uh, you know, it's like there's no end in sight, and, like, we've double rostered a bunch of times. Last year was a bust because of COVID. Everything got moved to this year. But, you know, it's like it, it's grown beyond my wildest imagination because it all stemmed from this one one uh, one wedding request. I had no intention of starting a Frankie Valley tribute. There are others all over the country. Ours is special. Um, I say that because uh, we're, to my knowledge, the only ones that only do Frankie Valley and Four Seasons exclusively. That's why I sort of label us as the premier Frankie Valley tribute in the U.S. because that's what we are and that's all we do. And for my money we do it better than anybody else. Are there any special Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons songs that that really hit with an audience that you wouldn't expect? So, uh, Can't Take is a big one because we, we invite, you know, big like sing-along one there. Um, you know, they're, they all get their own, um, they, they all get their own reverence in our show. Like, I can't think of one performance where the you know everybody gets a solo moment in the show. It's not just me singing Frankie, the lead and vocals of the, of the show. Um, I can't think of one performance where the guy who sings, I can't think, um, My Eyes Adored You, My Eyes Adored You, and they applaud. Like, they love it. They yeah. love that just, song. Yeah. We, we also, we also do a, we also do a, a medley in our show. We do a lot of medleys in our show, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the best way Medleys to, is big. Yes. Yeah. yeah, medleys I, are big. I'll, t- I'll tell you why I went that route with the concert. It's because mm-hmm. if you're doing four songs, you know, back in the day, the songs faded out. They didn't have mm-hmm. an ending. Yeah. If you do four songs, well, now you got to find four endings. Right. If you do four songs in, you know, in a medley, One. now you don't have to create one ending. Right, right so exactly. Really, sort of economy of scale is what we're getting here, um, and that's so we, that's like that. That that's the, the of course. So when on the Jersey Boys cast album, the the early years and the the Opus Seventeen medley that they called it on the yeah. on the album. I mean, that was the amazing thing that that Ron did. Is that you know Ron Des and Rick and Marshall that they they there were those sequences where all the songs. Would just flow one right into the other. Yeah, and uh, I mean, listen, I mean, the, the four the four seasons themselves, huge on medleys. I mean, on the Christmas album, there's like three medleys. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, we, we sort of take a cue from that for sure. We, we actually do one medley that we call um, in house. We call it the ones that got away. Which if you if you're a Jersey hey. Boys fan, you have the pl- pl- playbill. It says yeah. and that lists all the songs that didn't make it into the show. So internally, we call that Totka, T-O-T-G-A. It's a, the acronym for it. Um, Totka, because it's just too long to say. But that's, that, that is a medley that we do of four-season songs that everybody knows, but they, none of them cracked 
number 10 on the, on the Billboard charts. Even the songs that weren't in Jersey Boys, people still know them, they still love them. I can't tell you how many times, unfortunately, we don't do this song in, 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 in our concert. People say, oh, I wish you had done Surround to God. I'm like, I know, I know, but we don't do Surround to God. It's a great song. It's such a great song, but we don't do like, um, if, if I had to, if I ever wanted to like sort of shake the show up a little bit, I, we may, maybe we'll do like a, a section of Frankie's solos, save, can't take in my eyes, because we do those obviously. Right. Um, but like Surround to God, we don't do um, Fallen Angel. It's a little bit of a downer. They don't like yeah. it. I mean, I yeah. love the song. Yeah, that's from. understandable. Yeah, oh, yes. but like maybe we'll do like Swear to God and, you know, You're Ready Now and things like that that people, you know, may, recognize, may remember, but they weren't huge hits for it. It's like, it's, it really has to go with, with the flow of the show. And for a long time, when we first started, we only had 45 minutes of material for about a, a year or two years. And when I spoke to industry people here about like, what can we do to get booked more? They said, you need at least 90 minutes. I was like, oh, Okay. So I scoured the I scoured the can and I was like, okay, I can make a bandana of that. That's ten minutes. And like I was literally taking we have a I have a Seasons Anthology C D and I was taking them, putting them in garage band and splitting them up and cutting and pasting and saying, Okay, I can make a medley like if I stop here and start this one there, like and then I would move it, send it to my M D and go, Does this work? And he'd go, Yeah. And then he would transcribe and then boom, we had another medley, you know. I for the longest time I did not want to put grease in the show. People were like, oh, but I love Grease. I'm like, I know, but the lyrics are terrible. I don't like it. <laughs> but, then when they, but, but then I finally thought, you know what? That'd be a killer encore. Just as a reminder, guys, for C-Notes concert filmed at, where was it filmed? North Shore Center for the Performing Arts, one of our venue North partners. Shore Center for the Performing Arts, mm-hmm. um, per a premiering March 5th, March 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, mm-hmm. and March 7th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. $25 per ticket. Donation to the charity of your choice listed on the website. So just cool. as a reminder. Yes, and the let's show keep also going. Fe- yeah, yeah, and the show is also featuring. So you have, you have three guys with you. So it's Dan Gold, yeah. Devin DeSantis, and David Wilner. Correct. The D notes, the D notes that come like your C notes. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they are. That's a D, the D note, the three D's and a J. Yeah, three D's and a yes. J. <laughs> yeah. I love. It. So where did you find them? So yeah, obviously there are three among, like I said, ten outstanding guys I have in the group. Um, they happen to be the ones that were available when I booked the the space and and the crew to to film this. Um, but um, so I met. Devin was one of the guys who auditioned for me in 2018. I, I knew his work from the Chicago area theater, and I was a huge fan of him. So when he walked in, I was just like fanboying all over the place that he actually was oh, there. Oh, how nice. And, and of course, he was great, and of course, I hired him because I'd have been stupid not to. Um, Devin, Devin actually covers the lead vocals as well. So there's a bunch of gigs that he's done where he's been on in the lead track. Um, wonderful guy. And... Uh, David, I met working with a Christmas caroling company here a couple of years ago. Um, I worked with them for three seasons. And then by season four that I was going to work with them, we had actually created a holiday show and we were busy doing holiday gigs. So I haven't done a, uh, haven't done a caroling gig since. But I met David through the caroling, um, caroling group. Um, and then he introduced me to Dan, who he grew up with in Buffalo Grove, Illinois. Dan was, lived across the street. Or next door and then Dan actually wound up going to the same college as David they went up singing in the same acapella group oh, um, awesome. actually they didn't sing in the same years because David's a little older than Dan but um, but they went to the same school sang in the same acapella group um, 
And so that's how I met Dan. And um, I have a couple of other guys in the in the group who I also met in the caroling uh, company. Um, other guys I've just um, learned learned about again from through the, the theater circle. And a few of them were from these auditions I had in 2018. I mean, I really gathered them over time and. Um, all great guys, all talented, all bring their own special sauce to the group, which I love. Um, you know, when I when I created the, the the script, we have a I call it a script, but it's really the, the the talking points that go from song to song. I said to them, "This is the really the roadmap of what I want you to say. Please add your own spin on it all, because I want to be you. And if they if they start to get too much, then I have to pull them back. But I'd rather them give me what they want." And over the course of the last couple of years, I've actually rewritten some parts of the script. I'd say to a guy, do you mind if I put that as part of the permanent script? Because I like that. And, they, and they've agreed. So I, I, I appreciate that they're willing, their willingness to sort of add to the overall success of the project. Uh, because some, sometimes people are more brilliant than you are. And sometimes you just want to work off of that, you know? Um, we have one great guy in the group as well who uh, also sang with David in acapella. His name is Daniel Tater. Dan... Uh, grew up in Chicago, did theater here, went um, went to the same college that David did, did and sang a cappella with David, then went to L.A. for many years and created his own group out there called The Company Men. And they were around, they're still around to this day, but eventually he uh, parted ways with them. He, he, he sold off his interests there and we came back here to the Chicago area. And when he did, David said, oh my God, my friend Dan Tater moved back to Chicago. You've got to get him as a C-note. And I was like, okay. And I gave Dan a call and he's joined us. He's fantastic in the show. He, he's one of the guys that like, he carried over a little dialogue from, because they did a similar song in our show that they did in The Covenant Man. And he brought this little introduction, this little introduction piece I said, Mind if we keep that in? <laughs> He's like, no, it's fine. So, uh, you know, it's just, uh, so th these guys have been uh, really sort of, again, the universe just sort of handed me all these great guys and nice to work with, talented, uh, willingness, you know, they absorb feedback. They don't take any of it with ego. Um, and like I said, they just all bring their own special stuff to it. Like I've got one guy who covers the tenor track and the baritone track, and then Devin who covers tenor and lead. And like, he sings the lead differently than I sing the lead. And then Sometimes when he's singing lead, I'm doing the baritone track because I did that originally because when he was doing his lead track, I wanted to be sure I was going to be at the gig to sort of just be there to make sure the first couple of gigs go okay and then I can walk away, which I did. And there have been many gigs where I don't even have to be there anymore. And I love that. Oh, wow. So you're, you're, it's a well-oiled machine in your own right, too. Like you've been doing this for eight years already, you know? It's yeah. Wonderful. It's definitely, it's definitely turned out to be that. And, um, you know, it's, it helps certainly makes running, running, yeah. <laughs> running a business a lot easier. You know, when you've got, uh, when you've got confident, co confident, competent staff um, that you're right. working with, it helps definitely. a great deal. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, it's the, so cool. The, the two C's for the C notes. Right, yeah. We got a C note in it for you. No, I <laughs> <laughs> well, John, we would like to play a game with you because what we love, well, oh. first of all, I have to say, I love the fact that in your show you include history of the band, which is oh, sure. great. Um, we would like to test you on some <laughs> facts that we know about the band, about the, the music, okay. too. Are you down? Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, okay. This is the classic one. Okay. Who did Bob Gaudio? co-write who loves you with in july 1975 who loved you so well i'm gonna say it's gotta be either bob crew or maybe his wife judy parker it was judy parker yes okay. <laughs> it was judy parker Perfect. there we go great yeah. awesome love it love it great done okay david your turn B bob gaudio played on 
arranged and produced the music for this movie version of a famous musical. Say, say movie version of a Broadway musical? It was on Broadway in 2003, but it was off Broadway when it opened. Carrie Butler did the Carrie Butler and Hunter Foster did Little Shop of Horrors. Yep. Yep. Really? Yep, in 1986. Yeah, he did everything for the movie. Yep. I think I knew that, but it, once you said Carrie Butler and Hunter Foster, I was like, oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that revival. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so cool. fun fact: that revival started in South Florida at the at the Actors Playhouse in Coral mm. Gables. I remember that. Yeah. With yeah. Billy Porter. Billy Porter. As <laughs> I can't believe well, he never John, played Gary Belson. Do you have a question for us? We could try. What? Because um, you said you like Tell It to the Rain. Where did Tell It to the Rain land on the Billboard chart, and in what year? I said Tell It to the Rain. I meant Girl Come Running, but let me think. Let me, I got to go back in my brain. Tell It to the Rain. Did it break the top twenty? Girl Come Running. No. 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 I want to say thirty. Very good. What year? Okay, thirty. Thirty in. No Google. Nineteen sixty-nine. Oh, 1965. Five. Oh, uh, I, I was going to say 65. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Girl, girl, I, girl made it to number 30, 1965. And the only reason why that one's top of mind is because when I, when I introduced that in the medley, that's what I say. Girl, come on, <laughs> made it to number 30 in 1965. But Tell It to the Rain, I wrote the Tell It to the Rain intro too, and I, but just, I can't think of what it is because I don't say it enough. It's like I wrote it and now the other guys mm-hmm. say it. Um, right. Yeah, thirty is my lucky number, by the way. It's not. Is it? I'm just kidding. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know. That's great. No, that was a very fun quiz. Good time. Yeah. Why did you decide to change the pronunciation from Coppola to Coppola? Oh yes, right. So John Michael, he has a little. He has a few different pronunciations, but there is one particular. John, yes. take it away. So I grew up saying Coppola. The rest of my family still says Coppola. But when I got my first national tour, which was a non-union production of a Broadway musical called She Loves Me. So it was a tour based off of the, the 1994 revival. Um, they were, I got to our first stop for tech rehearsal and all of my costumes were mislabeled. They wrote C-A-P-P-O-L-A. Even though there's a cast list there with the correct spelling of it, and I had grown up with this my entire life. I mean, my report card would come home and it would have my last name spelled properly and my dad's last name spelled incorrectly on the same document. So for, for what, uh, my takeaway was that people are just kind of being lazy. They're here and like, whose costumes is this? John Coppola, Coppola, C-A-P, without referencing. And, and I've always been of the, the thought where someone's name is their identifier there could be other John Coppola's, John Coppola's, John Michael, whoever in the world. They could spell it however they want or however they, they spell it. And it should be spelled properly. It's respectful. So I just started to say, literally, from that day forward, Coppola. Because at the very least, Coppola, it would give them a little bit of a better idea of how to spell it. And even if they had a reference Francis Ford to go, oh, I know how to spell that because they've seen Coppola written so many times with his name, that they would make that association, then so be it. So uh, that is why I started pronouncing it differently. And the the um, funny part here is that when I got married, we like the day of the wedding, the DJ, the the, the, the band leader was going through the names of people to introduce. And he's going through, and he, he said, you know, uh, 
John, Mr. and Mrs. John Coppola, and I said, okay, sorry, um, my dad is, my dad actually says Coppola, and he said, you're kidding with me, right? I said, actually, <laughs> actually, actually, I'm not. He said, uh, okay, and, and when you watch yeah. the video, you literally hear him take a, a moment before he announces it, because he almost stutters to say, make sure he says it properly, because, yeah, I mean, it, so it was just, I felt bad for the guy, because he sort of threw him that curveball really last minute. Um, but to this to this day, my, my family still says it, you know, their way, and I say it my way, and, you know, there's no wrong way. It's just that that's my preferred way of saying it. And at the end of the day, I've always said to people, I really don't care how you pronounce it, so long as it's spelled properly, I the pronunciation really is, 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 is insignificant to me. You gotcha. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll make well, sure that we pronounce it Coppola and spell yeah. it correctly. <laughs> well, thank you. And, you know, G- Gia and I have been dealing with last name and first name issues our whole lives yeah. as well. Uh, I imagine so. We, I imagine we hear so. your pain. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we're so excited for this weekend. So John, Michael, Coppola, and the four C notes has their show. Back, yes. Backwards. Show. It's backwards, yeah. right? No, we see it perfectly. No, we see oh. it frontwards. I see it backwards. Viewers, yes. <laughs> Great. Um, so if if just to reiterate, just to, just so you could hear again the beautiful things that are happening this weekend I'm sorry crew how do you hear it how do you hear it i hear it in powder blue royal blue sky, sky blue, blue or c uh, notes c notes red hey yes c notes yes. burgundy check out this the four c notes the premiere frankie valley tribute band um check out their concert this weekend friday saturday sunday Friday, March 5th and 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sunday, March 7th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Get your tickets. Check out the link in our link tree. Go follow the 4C Notes on Instagram. Go check them out on YouTube. Go to their website. This has been Silhouettes JB Podcast. Check us out, Silhouettes JB Podcast underscore on Instagram. On Facebook, Silhouettes JB Podcast. Join our group, Silhouettes JB Podcast group. Listen to us on Spotify, on Breaker, Anchor, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And have an amazing week, amazing weekend. And, and a salute. A salute. A salute, guys. <laughs>